Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael and Pastor Shane to wrap up the series in the book of Isaiah. Well, hey, welcome to Walking Truth Radio. My name is Shane Lance. I am one of the pastors at Living Truth Christian Fellowship and one of the pastors that serves alongside Pastor Michael Lance, who's sitting next to me here in the studio. And we just want to welcome you to the program. Hey, we've been listening uh, to different teachings with Pastor Michael through the book of Isaiah since December now, and we are wrapping up the book today on the program. And Pastor Michael, we just had some questions for you. I have some questions for you in regards to this book um, before we get into specifically Isaiah, though, um, can you just kind of explain maybe to the listener out there who is uh, listening to these teachings through the book, why do we teach the Bible verse by verse in what we would call in the church, uh, maybe a fancy term for some, mm-hmm. an expositional type of teaching? Yes. What is what is the reasoning behind that? Why do we approach God's Word in yeah. that way? Well, you know, it's been six months, and when you're airing a book every day— uh, six months is, you know, basically uh, each sermon that we deliver here on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night is almost like three radio messages. So, uh, and we've we've been doing something a little different towards the end of this teaching, Pastor Shane. We've been airing the first part on the radio and then asking people go, to go to our podcast to listen to the remainder of the message. So that's been a little bit different, right? But you talked about our wider vision for teaching the Bible. I don't really think it's even our vision. I think it's just something that we're commanded to do. Absolutely. And that is to teach the whole counsel of God. We believe strongly that the Holy Spirit breathed out the books the way that they are put for a reason, the order, the themes, etc. Now, it doesn't mean that every pastor has to teach every single word of every book, There may be some sections that, you know, um, the Holy Spirit may lead uh, in in terms of, you know, maybe not diving into the same amount of detail, etc. But I I will say that our conviction is not to skip anything in in a book of the Bible. So, for example, uh, Isaiah has 66 chapters. The book of Job has 42 chapters. We taught completely through the book of Job. There will be pastors that will teach uh, Job chapters 1 and 2 and then fast forward to the end. But there's a lot of value in between. Right. And it, it and all scripture is profitable and it is breathed out by God and it, and it does its work in us who believe. So you used a term expositional, which is kind of, you know, um, perhaps a 50 cent church term. Sure. But expositional approach to the text is simply this. We are exposing or bringing to the surface what God has already breathed out through the writers of Scripture by the Spirit. So we want to cut straight the teaching of the Word of God and bring out, bring to the surface, if you will, the meaning of the text by looking at original language, context, you know, history, etc. And this is what our conviction is. And I will tell you, Pastor Shane, and I know you know this, that It seems like most of the startup churches in America and a lot of the typical churches are doing series kind of sermons in a box at times, it sounds like. Um, Oftentimes they're shorter. 
And uh, look, some people might appreciate that, that, you know, it's a 25 minute or 30 minute message. But we believe that the preaching and teaching of the word of God in the pastoral epistles is elevated to such a place where it has really uh, some main prominence when when believers gather. And it's a charge to a pastor to preach the word in season and out of season, to give himself to the public reading of Scripture, to divide the word accurately. You can think of First and Second Timothy, Titus, etc. So this is our commitment, and this is why we've aired the same book for over six months, because we want people to hear the full counsel of God. There are some, you know, if I were to pick a four-week sermon series, would I pick some of the chapters in Isaiah to preach through? No. Honestly, I wouldn't. But they're there for a reason, and I believe that they've had a benefit for our listening family to build them up and to hear what God has to say in a a majestic book like Isaiah. Yeah. You know, I um, that's good. And I I heard a statistic on a podcast that I listened to um, from another pastor and theologian, and he shared a statistic that I— I was driving on the freeway, sitting in traffic, and I um, was listening to the podcast, and uh, I was just floored by this. But he said that the recent um, – I don't know if it was Barna Polls or just uh, some other source that he got the information, but he said that statistics show that less than 5%, less than 5% of professing Christians can say with confidence that they have actually read the Bible from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. and. You know, along with what you were just saying, a fundamental a fundamental principle of our Christian faith is that the Word of God is powerful and living. That God has already spoken; His Word is complete and final and authoritative. And I just uh, you you just have to wonder if more Christians really committed to being knowledgeable. uh, You know, a term that we throw around a lot here at Living Truth is we we refer to our congregation on Sunday mornings as Bible students. Yes, and you know, I I've gone through seminary as have you, and that's a term that we like because we've we've done classes on theology and apologetics and proper doctrine and those things, and those things are great. And I think that maybe too many people, and maybe this is you today, if you're listening in the car or on your podcast, and you think, well, you know, um, my pastor is the one who needs to be a student of the Bible, and then I just come on Sunday and I hear about the Bible once a week. That's I would argue, friend, that is a poor approach to your walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. You need to be a Bible student. So that is um, a great answer. That's why we go for an ex- expositional uh, style mm-hmm. teaching, and yeah, we need to be equipped. Yeah, and Pastor Shane, even the Bereans were checking what the Apostle Paul had to say, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament letters. Right. And so that means that they had some really solid working knowledge, or at least they were checking to see if what Paul was saying was accurate. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to be the theologian police here, but you should check the Word of God against what is spoken. You should have an open Bible as much as you can to see if these things are so. And to make sure, because we're talking about eternal things here, Pastor Shane. We're not talking about, right. you know, uh, your favorite ice cream here or whatever it may be or your favorite restaurant. We're talking about things that have eternal implications. And so that's why we want to deliver up the Word of God. We've done this since really 2008 now. So this has been 14 years where this radio program has spread out through different radio stations and podcasts around the world. Thousands and thousands of people listening every week which is amazing and humbling. Yeah. But we believe that the power is already 
inherent in the word of God. You know, I think Spurgeon said, we just need to let the lion out of the cage. And so we want to just deliver it up. Uh, it's God breathed. It's powerful. As you mentioned, Hebrews 4.12, and it's going to do its work. It will perform its work in those who believe. And so we need to deliver it up and and trust that God is doing the work. And, and indeed, he is. Right. We don't need to add, you know, I see this a lot in um, other pastors of all ages and all seasons of uh, life is we there's always a temptation to almost want to try to make God's word more relevant. And we don't need to make God's word more relevant. And, you know, um, we are called and challenged in the New Testament to be ready in and out of season. And if you if you are finding yourself maybe um, in conversations with people, there are a lot of hot topic issues right now in our culture. Um, you need to be equipped with the truth of God's word. Yes. And that means you have to read it. And if you want to be knowledgeable and a, a, a Bible student who is prepared to give an, a defense for your faith— then you need to make time and make it a priority to get into the Word. And think about this, Pastor Shane. We've aired a book in the Old Testament that's 66 chapters. We aired the entire book of Job, and I know it ministered to many, many people. Right now, you know this well because you lead worship at these services. I'm going through the tabernacle, right. and, and some other teachers have taught as well, with some details about clothing and structures and stuff like that. And it would be tempting to skip over it, but we find rich, beautiful truths that translate uh, symbolically and otherwise to spiritual realities in the new covenant. Yeah. And I think people are robbed, frankly, when they don't get the full counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation. And uh, this is why this is our passion behind this this program. It's called Walk in Truth because we believe the whole Bible is a revelation of God's truth and beneficial for our listening family. And as you study the Old Testament, you will find, and I, I can I can attest to this as a, I've been a Christian a long time now, and I I remember when I first went to Bible college, I had maybe almost a view of the Old Testament that it was kind of boring and maybe a little bit outdated. Is this really, how can I apply any of this to my life? And I'll tell you, my eyes were really opened when I took a class on the book of Genesis under a very great teacher named Jason Cunningham. And he really just brought brought to life the, the Old Testament scripture yeah. and the story of Joseph and Joseph's yes. life and how it's a picture of the Messiah. And that that's really the whole idea is that as you study these Old Testament books, you start to see God's redemptive hand through all of the Old Testament, yes. preserving the line, the Messianic line, bringing along the way for the Messiah to come, which is our ultimate hope now. Yes. So we can sit here and you know, uh, 2022 and say, look at how God was already preparing a way, yes. uh, you know, thousands of years ago. So that's great. And and just to go with what you said about Genesis, the book of beginnings, right? Genesis 1 through 11 is the foundational, um, you can you can see the heart of God in creation, yep. in marriage, in what happened with the flood, in a new beginning as Noah gets out of the ark. So there's so many foundational things that if you haven't read Genesis, then you're not going to know about, right. and you're not going to be able to link those to New Testament realities. So I think that's well said, Pastor Shane. Yeah, you know, we we just uh, sang a song before we moved to our next subject uh, last night as a church called Christ Be Magnified, and there's this beautiful picture that's painted in the verses of the song, and the opening of the song says, if creation were suddenly to be articulate and, and could sing songs literally— 
it says from north to south, from east to west, we would hear Christ be magnified. I just love mm. that that beautiful picture that's yes. painted. Amen. So as we are looking at now the book of Isaiah, um, I just have a question for you, Pastor Michael. What has it meant to you to you know be studying this book? And maybe there's some key things. You know, we talk about application. I think even what we were just talking about, we see. Um, Maybe shorter sermons where we're not, we're certainly not trying to bag on any pastor who takes a more topical approach. Um, I would challenge you to maybe consider some expositional teaching as well, of course. But um, I think that the reason that we see that so much is because people are hungry for application. And if we don't know our Bible well, we might not know how to apply it to our life. Mm -hmm. So, with an older book like, for instance, Isaiah, where we've been. What are some practical places that you could give us some application? We've got all these books we've studied for months now. Maybe a couple key application points that we could look to that we've learned out of the book of Isaiah. Well, uh, the the book divides, interestingly enough, a bit. One chapters one through thirty nine deal with uh, the the generation of Isaiah and the problem in the uh, culture of Israel could be really brought down to one word, idolatry. Mm. And they were enamored by the idols of the nations that surrounded them, and idolatry became their downfall. And so Isaiah spends— Not much has changed. Not much has changed, right? (laughs) You know, we may not uh, create statues to bow down to them, but we have different types of idols. And idolatry was the problem for Israel. It's the problem still today. And Isaiah gets commissioned in Isaiah 6, and he's told basically this. I'm going to set you apart. You're going to preach to your nation, and here's what's going to happen. You're going to keep on speaking, and they they won't listen. Right. Their hearts have become dull of hearing. And Pastor Shane, we look at our culture right now. There's all these uh, debates about morality and ethics and what worldview is going to dominate our culture? And sadly, the culture's tipping towards a, a anti-biblical worldview. And that's what was happening in Isaiah's day. And so Isaiah was preaching to his contemporaries, and uh, people largely were not listening. Right. Now, he goes to, uh, in, in Isaiah chapter 7, he goes to a king named Ahaz with a threat of war looming. And he tells Ahaz, God wants you to ask him for help. And Ahaz refused to ask God for help. I want you to think about that. In our culture, when we talk about we need to pray, it gets mocked by many talking heads. Yeah. Isaiah said, "You, God wants you to ask him, and Ahaz refused. And then basically God said he's going to give a sign, and the sign is Emmanuel. God with us. And it's a, it's an early prophecy. So you ask me, what have I learned from this book? I've learned that idolatry is the age old problem. Nothing, not much has changed. I've learned that God is holy and he, he will righteously judge. And he did judge his people through Assyria and Babylon. He used other nations to judge his people. But also always in the backdrop of Isaiah is this coming deliverer, this hope, even in dark times. And that's something I've pulled from the book of Isaiah for my own life is that even when the times are hard and difficult, always looming in the backdrop is the hope 
of a deliverer. Yeah, amen. Hey, you're listening to Walk in Truth Radio and Podcast. My name is Shane. I'm one of the pastors here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, and uh, I have the pleasure of sitting in the studio today with Pastor Michael Lance, who is the voice of Walk in Truth in so many ways, has been leading you through the book of Isaiah, if you've been listening uh, through the radio program and podcast, and we're glad you're here. We are currently discussing the book of Isaiah as we're wrapping up the book. Uh, You know, I have one more question for you, um, before we are out of time today. And uh, my question is simply this. If you could, we just kind of talked about idolatry, which is so relevant in our culture. We see, um, because idolatry at its most simplistic definition is just anything that replaces Christ as our priority in our life. And anything really can become an idol for us. And so some of us, we might hear the term idolatry and we look at it maybe in the context of an Old Testament. We think about a guy bowing down to a statue that he's carved out of wood or made out of gold or something. And we think, well, I don't commit idolatry. But the reality is that idolatry is something that creeps into all of our hearts. It's just a um, a lack of prioritization, um, excuse me, not prioritizing, you know, Christ first. And so um, what are some ways that we as Christians need to be on guard against idolatry in our culture now? That's a great question. And I, and I think, you know, Jesus put it this way, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and it'll add everything else to you. Uh, first Peter 3.15 says, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Then you'll be ready. Mm. So the best way to be defensive is to have a good offense. And the good offense is to make sure that Christ is at the center of your daily life, which includes reading your Bible starting your day in prayer, putting on the full armor of God. When you're seeking first the kingdom of God, the idols tend to fall by the wayside. It's when we put other things above God. We get enamored by the culture. We set our Bible aside. All of a sudden, then other things creep in there or they can come alongside or even take prominence. So one of the best ways is a good offense, and that is stay in fellowship Stay in front of your Bible. Keep the Lord as your priority. Guard your eyes. Um, there are certain things that we just don't need to be messing with. And if we open the door to those things, you know, an idol can grab a hold of your life once you open a door to it. So don't open the door to it. Right. And if you have idols in your life, some of the, you know, uh, reformers said our hearts can be like idol making factories. Mm. Well, what if we have an idol in our lives right now? What if something has supplanted the prominence of Christ in our hearts? Then repent. Right. You know, the churches in Revelation 2 and 3 are told uh, several times by Jesus, repent and return to your first love. Repentance is for Christians as well. Yeah. And so if there's an idol in your life, my encouragement to you would be repent, get rid of it, and start again by placing Christ where he belongs on the throne of your heart. Yeah, we, we need to be regularly repenting. Um, I think that that's a biblical principle. We see that in the New Testament, that even those who are in leadership, husbands of families who have unrepentant sin, are even told so extreme that their prayers can be hindered when their yes. marriage is out of order. Um, yes. We have a lot of uh, room to repent. <laughs> yes, We need to be repenting regularly. You know, um, I heard a quote from another pastor the other day, and he said, you know, imagine the things that you value in your life. And he said, if God took it away, could you live without it? And he said, if the answer is no, 
then you've committed idolatry. Mm-hmm. And he said, you need to reprioritize things in your life. And so that's a, that's a big challenge. That was very convicting. And, you know, well, of course there are good things in our life that take priority, right? Like we have our spouse and our children and we have things at work that we're responsible sure. for. But the idea is that none of those things ever should supersede or take priority that's over right. Christ. So if they're in their proper place, and I'm right. not talking about an idol here because an idol needs to go no matter what. Mm-hmm. But if other things that, you know, our job, our family, our job, et cetera, are prioritized properly, then they'll be in their proper place right. under the lordship of Jesus Christ rather than flipping that around. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of good application. Um, I would encourage you, if you have missed any of the teachings in Isaiah, you can always go back and listen to them through our podcast, um, through all the different ways you can listen to podcasts. Those are available. So we'd encourage you to catch up with the book of Isaiah. There's so much there, so much rich application for you as a believer. Um, so don't fall into the trap of thinking that these Old Testament books aren't for you because they certainly are. And, you know, uh, Pastor Shane, chapters 40 through 66, but specifically 56 through 66, deal with the hope of the future, the what we've often called the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, where there's going to be new heavens and a new earth. And we're just, you know, wrapping that up now. We've just wrapped that up in the book of Isaiah. But I want to mention one other thing. Yeah. In Isaiah, what's something that's unique to Isaiah is four servant songs that run from about Isaiah chapter, I think it's 42, through about 53. And these servant songs are prophecies about the coming Messiah. The famous, most famous one is the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. And so part of what I've gleaned from this book, the power of this book, is not only the early prophecies about Emmanuel in Isaiah 7, wonderful counselor Isaiah 9, 6, mighty uh, God, everlasting father, etc., but these servant songs culminating in the suffering servant. And this is the hope that we have, that God knows we are prone to wander. He knows our propensities toward idolatry. And he sent his only son to pay for our waywardness, our sin, and to bear our sin in his body on the tree, as Peter puts it, Mm. or on the cross. And so four amazing servant songs to say, The Son of Man would come not to be served, but to serve. He would pay the ransom for our sin. Isaiah is the most prophetic book about the Messiah, more prophecy in Isaiah than any other Old Testament book. Hmm. And this is something that I have taken away, and I I, I will take it to glory with me, that the servant of the Lord, Messiah, came on a rescue mission. The gospel is in the book of Isaiah. His name really means salvation. And so that's what this book is all about. And if you've been with us from the beginning, I have a smile on my face because I'm, I'm grateful. And I know we have uh, had people do that. And uh, I pray that you have been blessed and encouraged and that you have hope. Hope not only in Messiah, which is uh, the core of our hope, but hope in the future that Messiah is going to bring. Our glorification, resurrection, uh, a new heavens and a new earth, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. Yeah. As we said earlier, God's redemptive hand all the way through this book, we can see him putting up with uh, the nation of Israel's back and forth, being wishy-washy, committing idolatry, and God stands faithfully by their side. And the same is true for you today. You serve a God who is forgiving, loving, and cares for you. And so uh, be encouraged to know that there is hope, and the gospel is very much prevalent 
and and real um, for you right now. And so, hey, you've been listening to Walk in Truth. We are wrapping up the book of Isaiah. Join us tomorrow as we are going to discuss our new series in the book of Philippians just starting on July 1st. Man, we have uh, just started the book of Philippians here at the church. We're uh, several weeks in now, actually, and um, it's been such a great book. One of my favorite New Testament letters to the church in Philippi from the Apostle Paul. And so we are going to discuss that uh, on tomorrow's episode. So join us as we get into the book of Philippians. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you missed any part of the teachings in the book of Isaiah, you can go back and listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or on your favorite podcast app. You can also listen to our new mini-sodes called A Step Closer. And just so you know, we have free apologetic events from time to time, and they're called 633, and that's based on Matthew 633. Pastor Michael invites special guests, professionals in their fields, to talk about hard topics that affect the culture. In the past, we've had guest speakers that have talked about the issue of racism, Roe v. Wade, miracles, and how we as Christians can talk about those issues. You can watch those talks and many others on our Free Living Truth app and on our website, walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station. How long have you been listening? Could you help us pay for some airtime on this station? Help us continue in this ministry. A monthly partnership of at least $5 a month is all we ask. If you're blessed by this ministry and believe others can be too, please visit walkintruth.com now to donate. That's walkintruth.com. Be sure to come back tomorrow to hear Pastor Michael and Pastor Shane's conversation about our new series in the book of Philippians and what you'll get by listening to this new series. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you with God's truth to all people.